Hey everyone, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast. And I'm your host today, Amy Steed. We've got a great show for you today. We'll be touching on how do you figure out if you have peace in maybe making a decision or fill in the blank. We'll be talking about that today. And we're of course gonna play a game, but first I need to introduce who is here today. To my right, we have Mr. Justin Kemmer. Hey everyone. <laughs> you realize you make a long, awkward pause every single time before you address the podcast audience, and every single time I have to go in and edit that awkward pause out. Never. No, I'm, I'm just contemplating. How do you- today, I mean, as of this recording, not when this will publish. It's May 17, so I just want to say happy National Pack Rat Day. And just this day encourages you to look at yourself and see if you have any pack rat tendencies. Yep. I do not, but no, you, you might. So throw something away today. Yep. <laughs> that is Justin's pack motto. Rat throw it away. Day. Throw something away today. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good advice. I think we all have something we could throw away. Mm. So mm. thank you for that random. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward pauses. Okay. Across from me is Danny Turner. Hey, everybody. Hi. And to the left, JP Gaylord. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, my word. That was way more awkward. He didn't wait that That was long. exceptional. Yeah, that was like on purpose. I feel like you're making a point. That's Justin approved. That is Justin approved. Okay. Shall we start our game? Yeah. Okay. So I might change it up halfway through. We'll see. But I have So a game where the rules change. Yep. That's how, listen, that is classic steed rules. John's dad will like, we'll be playing a game and then all of a sudden the rules change because we call it the Walt rules. He likes to change things, but I, it's upside down. I won't be that significant. This is going to be finish the Christian song lyric yes. game. Ooh. Now, Come on. Justin's going to love this because it's not just now the modern the contemporary Christian songs. Christian there may be songs. some old school hymns in there. So okay. I have a feeling Ooh. someone will be excited. Man. I get this label as if no one else grew up that way. Yeah, I was going to say. But I also get this label even though I haven't heard any of these songs for 15 years. Oh, they'll come right back to you, I promise. Yeah. I, it's gonna be, it will be hard for me not to sing some of these as I say them out loud. But what I'll do is I'm going to read a lyric mm-hmm. and then you have to chime in if you can finish the lyric. How are we chiming in? Just saying the oh, word we chime? we need the buzzers. Or, Danny. Oh man, the buzzers are at my house. Hey, that's okay. My son was playing with them. I know, it was so <laughs> cute. We saw a video of Danny's son playing with all the buzzers we use with our names and it was hilarious. He just kept like- He loved it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was good. Yeah. So that's all right. You guys can just chime in with whoever thinks they know the lyric. Okay. Okay, are we ready for the first one? Yes. You can't cheat though, because you guys are so close to me. Okay, this, one, this one's pretty easy. And if you don't get it, it's old school. Okay. Um, this is so hard because I really want to sing it. This is from the first verse. My Jesus, my savior, Lord, there is none like you. Uh, I know the song. Uh, All of my days. 
Do you I know? want two praise. Oh, uh, it's okay. It's all right. He'll give it to him. Do you know the last part of the verse? The wonders of his <laughs> wondrous love. Mighty love. Oh, oh, mighty. man. What is the song? It's probably called My Jesus. Yeah, no? it's by Hillsong or Darlene Zetch. Um, oh, wow. Shout to the Lord. Yes. Boom. There it is. There it is. Oh, my word. So side note, if you want to, if you're old like myself, Danny, this is not for you because you're young. Yeah. But you probably would still enjoy it because you're a 90s kid. Um, If you ever look up 90s Christian music on Apple Music and just start playing that list, it's insane. It will bring you right back. We listened to it. On spring break, I went on a girls' trip, yeah. and we were rocking out to this song. It was awesome. It was it was very lots of old school songs came up. So yeah. all right, I don't know who really got that point. Should I give a half a point uh, to Kemmer both of you? It. I mean, he knew JP knew the song title. Like all of you get a point. Everyone's cool. a winner. Right. Everybody gets a point. I like this point. game. Oh, this is not what I want. Hold on. Ooh, so okay. If you guys don't know this, I'm going to be disappointed in you. Um, I'm going to read not the first verse because it will give it away. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear? The hour I first believed. Danny! And what, what was that from? What hymn is that from? You better not mess this up. It's okay. You can. To be honest, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm struggling to get to the chorus. Well, there's uh, not. Me. Sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amazing Grace. Yes, Grace. yes. So that's a, that's Was a it the one. Chris Tomlin version? Um, With the My Chains Are Gone? No, no, no. Nope, Man, nope, that, was, it's old that was a bop, as that they was. say. <laughs> you know who sang that with me? It slaps. John Steed. Hey. He sang that. With me yeah. for special music one year. Listen, John Steed. <laughs> I, I love a good John Steed bass. <laughs> yes. Nice he you. does have a little yeah. bassy voice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, John. You're almost done with school. You got this, John. Woo! Sorry. Shout, Shout out. out to John Steed. <laughs> if you're listening. Go, John. Yes. Almost there, man. Right. Okay. This is a newer song. Wait, did I get a point because I knew the. Yes, you get a point and you get a point. Cool. Title. Two JP to just two was to silent. Ooh. I was. It's okay. All right. You got this. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm going to read the chorus and you fill in the last line. A million angels fall face down on the floor. All to echo holy is the Lord. <laughs> nice, JP. Yep. I couldn't read the last, that wasn't the last line, but I forget that it was in there before. My heart so. can't help but sing with all of heaven roar. All together. All to Holy is the I Lord. think it's heaven's roar. Oh, do I not get the point now? No, heaven. Oh, all right. Minus Sorry, 100 Danny. points for me, I guess. I like the song. I do too. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> Echo Holy. Classic. Okay. Two to two to two. Ooh, here we go. Oh. Mm. I do like this. Amy's about to cry right now. Let the go. record show. <laughs> here we go. It is. Oh, no. What is it? Hold on. Oh, it is. Okay. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses. Here's the refrain. And he walks with me and he talks. Yes. 
yeah. with me. Justin, I knew you'd knew that, know that one. He tells <laughs> me I but I'm pretty sure that is not how you would sing it normally. Oh, in Justin's churches, you would have. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also sang that song with my sister in law at my grandma's funeral. Um, <laughs> so, yes. That's great. But do you, know, do you remember the actual name? Um, you get a point. This would be like a bonus point. It, it doesn't have anything with. Oh my it's gosh. Not, it's not the chorus. No. I said it in the first verse, kind of. I come to the garden alone? Well, yeah. In the garden. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. In the garden. Yeah, it's a great name. Right, right. Beautiful. Okay. Um, oh, I like, kept printing out. Sorry, I wasted paper. Shh. Shh. Kemmer took a lead. I know. Three points. Ah, don't look. To two points. Oh, that's the same one. Maybe it printed out all of them. Just a second. Sorry. Oh, okay. Here we go. Ready? Um... All right, I'm gonna. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna sing yeah. in the middle of the storm. Okay. Louder and louder. <laughs> I'm gonna sing. I Come can't. On. It's so bad. Okay. Louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar. Yes. Do you know what song it is? I raise a hallelujah. Yes, Danny. Also known as raise a hallelujah. Yes, two point. No. Also known as hallelujah. Actually, you you did you sang, so technically you get a point and you get a point. Okay, I like this mm-hmm. point okay. system. Yeah, okay. it's very friendly. Well, everyone's a winner in my book, Danny, except just, for when I'm playing the game. Then only I'm the winner. I just want you to know yeah. there is a hallelujah only you can sing. I I'm glad you brought that up, yeah, uh, JP. <laughs> that is my favorite. Bethel moment, probably of all time. <laughs> yep. So. You do a great impression of him too. Thanks, dude. It's, mm. the, it's the country boy in me. Oh boy. If you see Danny this week, ask him to do the impression of the live version of I Raise a Hallelujah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Yep. All right. We have like three or four more. Is that okay? Or do you want yeah, me sure. to stop? Send it. All right. Are you guys bored yet? Do you think our listeners are bored? I think this is fun. It's like going through some old school songs and some I love it. new school songs. New school. I like it. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Oh, oh. Mm. I'm trying to think what one to do. I'm going to do the verse and you have to guess the chorus because if I say, if I say the vert or the chorus, you'll know what it is right away. Oh. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. But it's actually, you're missing the first part of the actual title. The title is not the first part of the chorus. It's 10,000 reasons, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Two points for JP. Wow. Whoa, I should give you three for that. Incredible. Originally released by by Integrity Music in 2006. Just kidding, I don't know. Lots of... JP gets some points. Key of D flat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 84 BPM. It's really, it's four, one, <laughs> uh, six minor, four. No, five and then six minor. Okay. Cool. Oh boy. That's a lot. That's a lot. Some people may not know what you're talking about. Sorry, I wasn't in the mic. Okay, here we go. Ready? This is another one that I think somebody might get. Um... I'm guessing you mean Justin by that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is so hard. I can't because literally the the title is in the first four. Then skip it. Okay. 
chorus. Amazing love. Nope. <laughs> How can it be? <laughs> it that is. you, my king, would die for me. Yes. It's so hard. That's like a, what is that song? And can it be yeah. that? Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. Well, I'm thinking of like the passion thing. I yeah, think. it is. Yeah, it's Both came up, but I knew I was going to do the old school one okay. because I'm old school. Yeah. That's old school. I was singing that in the pews when I was a kid too. But the chorus is very short. It's amazing love. How can it be that you, my God, or what's the old school? Danny said king. My king. Would die for me. Amazing love. Half a point. Yes. Mm. Deduct a point. Not kidding. All right, we have two more. You ready? I'm forgetting what the score is, so hopefully you guys remember who the winner is. I think I have more points than probably the rest of the guys. Okay, well, there oh, we no. go. JP took the lead because he knew everything <laughs> about the kidding. one song. So. Oh. Yeah, did I get like points. eight points for that? Mm, calm down. Just guy. because you're the host and you do all the editing doesn't mean you get 10 million points. Yeah. No, no, just calm down. Okay, okay, I'm calm. <laughs> What's the next one? All right, here we go. This is actually one of my favorite songs. Um, I'll read the verse and you have to finish. Mm, we'll see. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. The chorus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Who was and is and is to come. Yeah. What song is that? All of heaven we sing. Revelation song. Sung With all creation. Nice. <laughs> I was... Sung by Carrie Job at Passion. It's so hard. Like, or Carrie Carrie Jobe. Pronunciation. Call back to oh, a I couple love podcast that song. episodes again. One ago. Of my wow, words. Okay, last one. This is all for right. all the points. Whoever all the points is the winner. Okay, ready? It's so hard not to sing this. Some glad morning when this life is over. Well, it's not over. Or. So. Oh, or. You, you've or. already failed in even presenting this song. <laughs> Some glad morning when this life is. Or. I'll fly away. Yes, uh, you will. Up to heaven. Do we need to throw Jesus. the disclaimer in there because of theological issues associated <laughs> with the song? Well, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. I'll fly away. Isn't that. Oh, glory. <gasps> That is such oh. classic. I can yeah, hear the harmonies the right now. Can't wait. Okay. Good job. Justin, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Go Cameron. Go Cameron. I don't think I won. Think Are J- you actually JP's. getting a chicken dinner out of this? I don't know. Chick-fil-A? Listen, we made fish tacos last night that mm. were amazing. Spanish mackerel that was caught in the ocean by John's friend. And I made a little mango slaw. So it's not a chicken dinner, but I could offer that to you. <laughs> leftover you don't fish like, tacos. Do you like fish? That's close. A leftover. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when you say it like that, it's... I like some fish. <laughs> not as it's not super fishy. <laughs> so that is my kind of fish. I don't like super fishy fish. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. I'm just curious how you knew it was Spanish mackerel um, because, as opposed to Portuguese or French. Um, Did it have a passport? Um, because they caught it off the... The what do you call it? Not dock. When you walk way out, coast well, off the coast. Yeah, but the I mean, pier? the pier, the coast of. I don't know where he was. Golf, not Gulf Shores. Where was he? Hold on, I'll think. It's where we used to go, Navarre Beach. So that's 
the coast of... Wouldn't it be Floridian mackerel at that point? Oh, boy. I don't know. Okay. Just JP. It was good. I don't care. It's so okay because nationality is a social construct anyway. Well, there you go. Oh, boy. So <laughs> Disclaimer for Yeah. <laughs> we need to move on because this is getting crazy. All I know is my fish tacos are amazing and chicken dinner you can make yourself because you're probably better griller chef than me. <laughs> okay, more bougie. We'll say that. Okay, we're moving on. All right. Let's talk about peace, JP. Peace. Mm. I should have done, wow. um, I've got peace like the river. What's that? Nope. What's the name of that hymn? Yeah. In my soul. I've, I've got, got peace like, is it? like a river. <laughs> I should have mm. put that one in there. That yeah, I think fun. if you just sing that line over and over again, that's the song. So. Well, and then like, what's the, I've got joy like, like a, fountain. a fountain I've got. Okay, let's move on. Every, I could, that's my, one of my things. Actually, my friend asked me not to do that when I was younger. I used to do a lot. Like if someone would say something, I would break out in song with that said word that she maybe, or whatever she was talking about. She's like, Amy, can you please not do that all the time? Maybe your friend was on something. Mm. I feel like you should lean into it. Oh, thanks, yeah, Danny. Do How dare you? Do it way more. How dare you, Justin? <laughs> so then I couldn't do it as often, and it made me sad. Sorry, that's just Amy. How I, that's okay. I grew out of it. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to peace. Back to peace. Sorry. Well, we did have a whole list of topics, potential topics for today's episode. And as I prayed through it, I just had peace about this. So I felt like this was Whoa. what we should talk about. Look at you. Yeah, great Starting segue. strong. Uh, so I say that kind of facetiously uh, because I know I've said that about decisions in my life. I've heard other people say that about decisions in their life. And oftentimes I kind of wonder, mm, is that really the right decision to be making? And so... Um, Fun story to, to kind of kick this off. I was, uh, when we were missionaries in France, I was helping out at an, a Catholic uh, Alpha course. And we were talking about how to discern the will of God. And there was like this whole, you know, look through scripture and see what scripture has to say, uh, a bunch of different kind of categories. We came to one near the end where they said, peace, when you can discern the Lord leading in your life, often it produces peace. And so I pushed back in the group and said, hey, what does that mean? Because I hear a lot of people say this and a lot of times uh, it just becomes the rationale for making a bad decision. So when you say I had peace about this decision, because many people in the group had said that, like help me understand what you mean by that. And so one person spoke up, uh, explained the questionable decision they had made in their life, uh, which was clearly against scripture. And they said, well, you know, I guess if I listened to the words of Jesus on this, it would have been the wrong decision to make. But at the end of the day, I had peace about it. And so I knew it was the right thing to do. Um, and I kind of feel like that's a lot of people's experience with this. Uh, yet you see peace listed as one of the fruits of the spirit. But I don't know that peace is necessarily the first place you want to go to when it comes to decision making. And so I just wanted to throw that out there and see what we think about what role does peace play when it comes to discerning God's will and making decisions in life? Well, how are we defining peace? Should we, should we start by defining the term? Yeah, maybe we should. That's good. Because even in your scenario there's probably a different viewpoint on, on what peace is. Mm -hmm. 
So how would you define peace? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Uh, you know, and I am going to punt back to the first thing that comes to mind, which is all the pastors in my life who have ever said, peace is not the absence of conflict, it's the presence of justice. But I don't know Whoa. that that necessarily... What a definition. Yeah. I don't know that that necessarily defines the peace that we're talking about. I heard peace defined recently as an overarching sense of well-being. I like that. That seems like it probably ties into the Hebrew word shalom, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which ironically is the word Justin's been throwing around the office. I do. I do like a good shalom these Shabbat days. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> we watch The Chosen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that definition. I think um, the context uh, that definition came from was talking about feelings um, and learning to not be mastered by emotions. Um, and one of the quotes that was used in that was, that I've, I've loved and kind of stuck with me, is that feelings or emotions um, make great companions, but terrible masters. Um, so I think like, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously looking for a definition of peace to kind of get the, the conversation started. But I think when we're talking about something like this, um, you're, you're typically referring to peace, I think, in this context as like, I just felt great about it. Like I felt great. The sun was shining and um, yeah. So I think um, it's, it's kind of a feeling-based thing. Okay. Would that mean based on JP's definition of the absence, not the absence of conflict, do you, in that definition, do you feel like one would perceive that there is an absence of conflict? I'm still wrestling with JP's definition too. So it's like, yeah. like you said. Yeah, I think like, for instance, I had a uh, really minor, in the grand scheme of things, medical procedure done this, this week where I had to be on some light anesthesia and it was not my favorite thing to do on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> and as the doctor's listing off, like what a low risk, you know, procedure this is and blah, blah, blah. He has to legally tell me that one in 2000 people do experience terrors and places that would, you wouldn't want to tear and um, can kind of go undergo like the complications. Stomach. The stomach. Yeah, I was talking instance. about my esophagus. I had a scope done. You can ask me about it um, on Sunday if you want more details. Um, and as I'm getting wheeled back to have it done and all wired up and have the IV in, I felt some anxiety um, that, oh, maybe this won't end well for me. But then I remember the 23rd Psalm, the Lord's my shepherd, and I am safe in his world. So if I were to have those complications, I am working from, in my mind, peace there at a soul level, an overarching sense of well-being, maybe within the conflict of having that medical procedure done. That's how I would define peace. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think that I'm not disagreeing in any way. I think those are pieces of it when you come to justice, the, the, the well-being, that there, there is a sense of peace. It, I think there's truth to peace, but I think there's also a peace is felt. Um, I think I would, I would add, I think we look at those fruits of the spirit and they're supernatural. And so I think oftentimes we've heard, I think we've even used it here where joy being a supernatural delight, I think there's a piece of peace, sorry, um, where it's a supernatural contentment. 
um, in you know, you've, you know the peace that surpasses all understanding. I actually come to a place where I'm content because I understand the Lord. I may not understand my situation, may not understand the full full scope of what the Lord is doing or allowing, but I have this supernatural contentment. I would just add that to a, our definition. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes it, it can be hard to define exactly what it is, especially if we're going to talk about some kind of supernatural thing, which is fair. Um, and so maybe by explaining what it's not, uh, it makes things become a little bit more clear. For example, if your peace does not include, uh, you know, what Jesus went through uh, is he's in the garden of Gethsemane, stressed out and anxious to the point of sweating droplets of blood. Uh, I mean, that clearly is God's will, but you don't see Jesus, you know, um, assuming this calm meditative pose and going, hmm, all is well in the world. Uh, it's clearly a battle, uh, but as Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame. Uh, he knows this is what God wants from him. Uh, and so if your peace does not include uh, a category for you to need to go through incredible difficulty, even pain, suffering, and conflict, because I think this is the pinnacle of conflict, um, then your peace is not the kind of peace that we're talking about. Uh, you see the same thing in Paul. As Paul is, uh, I think, later on in the book of Acts, he's heading towards Jerusalem. And is it Agabus, the prophet, takes Paul's belt, wraps it around his hands and says, in the same way, will the owner of this belt be bound and led to Rome or something like that. And uh, Paul, rather than saying, oh no, well, I don't have peace about that because who likes the idea of imprisonment and potentially, you know, death? Um, Paul says, well, I know that doing this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and I would argue that Paul is meant to have peace, some way, shape or form of peace in that situation. So again, if what you mean by peace is simply like, oh, I feel good about life, then yeah, I don't think that's the piece that we're talking about. I don't think that's the piece mentioned in the fruit of the spirit. Uh, but yet we do need to work for or look for a piece that is more all-encompassing like, you know, Danny's talking about with Shalom or the fruit of the spirit that includes peace. Well, I think in a way we come full circle to your, your original definition. And the reality is whether you look at those examples in scripture, look at Paul, who even in you know Philippians four, the the great verse taken out of context for Philippians four thirteen is is truly just about contentment and and he is what in jail you know all the things that Paul has gone through, you sense a peace in his writings and it and it is about justice and not necessarily the absence of conflict and and so I think there is a reality of the shalom the contentment piece where it doesn't mean your surroundings, your circumstances are at ease. There actually could be really great conflict um, that, that you're still living through, but yet pressing into the Lord for that, that peace. Can I ask a question? Yes. So when, like when you're watching The Chosen and he does come to people and say, Shalom, blah, 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 blah. So what do you think he's saying? Like he's specifically saying it to a person or a group of people. So is he saying it like, I come to pe I come in peace 
to you? Or do you think like when we're talking about peace and we're talking about it in a greater scope, I feel like. So when you're talking about it in a situation like that, like what do you think he's getting at? Like, I'm a peaceful person. I come in peace. Or do you think it's a general, like we're, I'm bringing peace to everyone. Does that make sense? Like, what, what do you think he means by that? Well, you look at the grand scope of scripture from the time of creation to what will be culminated in, in history at the Lord's return is ultimately it, creation, everything created in Shalom with Shalom and then the return to, to that. And so really, I think anytime, I mean, in some sense, people just use it as a greeting in, in a lot of context um, to say the things, that, even the examples that you're given. But I think anytime you see that in the whole of scripture, it, it really is in this whole view of what will be again one day from the cosmos to humanity. But even if you look at that shalom for all eternity, there's also justice that is going to take place. And so there, there is that peace there is that piece of the puzzle where justice will be carried out for all eternity. And for those in Christ, shalom will be lived out for all eternity. So if we go back to like our original question of how do you define peace in a situation? We never really answered that. No, we didn't, but I think, uh, and and I want to get there, uh, but I think, Asking what do you mean by peace is a really important question. Oh, I agree. And I think, you know, if you're talking to somebody and they say, well, I just have peace about this, uh, it would be totally fair in a non-confrontational way or even in a confrontational way, depending on your relationship with that person to say, oh, that's really interesting. What do you mean by peace? Uh, Help me understand better what you mean when you say I have peace about it. Uh, or when you're going through your own rubric of how do I make this decision and you have peace about something, what exactly does peace mean? Uh, because all peace is not created equally. Right. So then back to your question, which is, can you say it again? I don't remember how I it phrased like, it. Um, how- Jesus and yeah, a lot of the New Testament writers talk about or greeting people yes. with peace. Right. So what does that mean? Yes, like what is that? Is he just saying specifically to that person? Because back then there was a lot of conflict like with people, random people coming into wherever, you know what I mean? Like that's what I think. Cause I, when I, when I think of it biblically, it's different than in my own home. Like I tell my kids all the time and they roll their eyes at me. Like we are peacemakers in our home when they're arguing, which is happening a lot right now. And I'm like, we have to have peace. And they're like, mom, like Cecilia, I don't want to have peace right now. I'm mad. I'm like, that's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. But again, that kind of goes back to what you're saying. Like sometimes we just have to be content with the decision that's made because you're mad at your sister right now. I get that, but we still have to have peace. Like it, I think it's hard. And I think as we grow in our faith, it becomes more apparent and easier to comprehend that um, contentment, even if the peace isn't fully there. But then again, you're like, well, is that fair? I don't know. I don't know if it's fair for me to be like, okay, if you and I had a disagreement, Danny, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have peace with you, but I'm not real happy with you right now. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's tricky. I do know what you mean. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's a whole another facet to this conversation, but it's, it's interesting because I think what you're touching on is the reality that like my peaceful decision in this fallen world might not always result in um, more peace being manifested. Like Jesus on the cross, for instance, um, has caused a huge divide worldwide, right? And Jesus himself says, I have not come for necessarily peace, but to divide family member, wrong family member, and that sort of thing. So how does that work? I think that um, a study on like the Sermon on the Mount is a good place to start to land. Because you, you see Jesus making these really interesting claims about how to treat people in the middle. Like you said, Kemmer, like you, you have this grand story arc of peaceful world that God created in union with creation, then the separation with sin, and then what happens from there. And then we know that it's headed towards somewhere good. Jesus knows that. He's been, we've been talking about in the prophets, going towards something really good. But then how do you get there in the middle and how do we operate? And I think especially lines like, I've been meditating on this myself, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. How are you supposed to do that? <laughs> I know, I don't want to, and but I'll obey you, I would Lord. say, you know, part of the conversation and part of the reason I really am drawn to this definition of peace, a overarching self, a sense of well-being is if you were to strike me on the cheek, how in the world in my human flesh am I supposed to bless you? Unless I'm working out of a deep sense of well-being before God and following a really radical and extreme way of giving love to the people around me. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother tangent. I know, sorry, I probably did. I think, part of the conversation. Yeah. I think it's part of the conversation. Uh, I do too. I think, uh, yeah, Jesus's greeting of peace is likely at a surface level, it's a cultural norm to wish someone shalom. But I think at a deeper level, it really means like, hey, look, I'm, I'm here for your well-being. Uh, but that entails probably a lot more than you could imagine. Uh, so it's a way of saying, we can be friends, like we're, we, we're cool, uh, but it's also an invitation to something so much deeper. And I think this is also where uh, for many of us, I mean, this is what spiritual life is, is with the arrival of God's kingdom in our lives, things do get better, but a lot of it is trying to undo the brokenness and dysfunction that we have in us. Um, and you can think of this and even in the, the scope of making decisions uh, or determining God's will, that a lot of what God is needing to do in us for forming us into the image of Christ is it's not like we're just this, this uh, untouched uh, block of clay that he simply needs to gently shape. Like we are a hardened block of clay that in many cases needs to be broken to be reformed. And so if we look at our own lives and, you know, Danny, you're mentioning like blessing our, blessing those who persecute us and forgiving our enemies and things like that. Um, 
decent tales, like actually working through all that and doing things that we don't necessarily want to do in the overall goal that we would be more whole, experience deeper well-being, and be formed into the image of Christ. You can even think about it like if somebody broke their arm as a child uh, and it didn't set right, and then like later on as an adult had access to medical care, the first thing the doctor's going to need to do is likely re-break the arm so they can reset it the right way. Now, in the overall scope of things, you look at that and say, yes, correct functioning of the arm is what we're going for. And at the end of the process, you will be way more whole than you are right now. But the actual step-by-step looks like you're going the wrong direction. But... I guess maybe that's the big picture of it is as you discern the big picture, you're able to say, I'm willing to take a step in what looks like the wrong direction so that it opens up more access to the right direction and greater wholeness. Well, and I think that's when trust comes in too. You have to trust that God will bring you through whatever situation you're going through. And it may not, like you said, it may take you down a deeper path of, not fun, whatever, to get you where you need to be. But it, it just it just is all in his timing, not your timing. I know I've said it before with like all of our fertility stuff. That like broke me. It broke me. It, I did not trust Jesus. And again, it kind of brings it into when you think of things in your, take things in your own hands. Every time you take things into your own hands, it's not gonna work. You have to give it over and surrender it to the Lord. And when you do that, things start happening, not necessarily in your time, but I'm just saying like you may have more peace or contentment with that when you give it to him and trust that he has your back. I think there's just an interesting piece about it where it's just like, I think all of our human knee-jerk responses or or wanting is that that peace is actually completely void of conflict. Even to your original scenario, you know, a wife getting a divorce, abandoning her marriage, Agreeing that it was wouldn't be biblical for her, you know. I mean, if I listened to Lord, things would be a different different way. And what was what was the out in that scenario? She's looking for is actually the complete removal of conflict that she's in. Um, and I think even hearing what you guys are talking about, where it's just like humanly speaking, we we want peace to be a complete removal of that conflict. But I think what, what is good news if we don't know bad news or what is peace if we actually don't know or experience the war? And even to what JP you and Amy were just talking about, it's actually experiencing peace, knowing the peace of God is actually in conflict. But the good news, it doesn't end there. It's actually through through the conflict that, that we kind of find ourselves in that ultimate place of peace. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, and I would just say, I think in any of these decisions, um, you can, you can kind of go either way in terms of complaining about it and saying, I don't like this decision. And I think, uh, is it Philippians that talks about not complaining, do everything without arguing or complaining. Um, and essentially when you do it without arguing or complaining, you become like the, the stars, uh, of the, the sky or something like that. I think it's like a... Philippians 2.14. Two, yeah, and it's yeah. in the context of working out your salvation with fear and trembling because it's God who works in you. And then he says this bomb, how that manifests itself. Don't grumble. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. So amazing. It is. 
But, and then I just pump back to, it's in those situations where maybe you don't have, you know, maybe an earthly definition of peace. You don't have that present in your life that forces you to turn to God and say, this is so uncomfortable. This is causing so much conflict, stress, and anxiety in my mind and my emotions and my body in every part of life that I need you to give me peace. And this is where we can lean into the Galatians uh, fruit of the spirit definition, where this is something supernatural. Or you can lean into later in Philippians, uh, Paul says, uh, you know, uh, do, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, present your request before God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so I think we often settle for a peace or, you know, air quotes, a kind of peace that doesn't transcend understanding. When the promise of God is a peace that transcends understanding. And so people, pun- yeah, uh, that, that's all I would say is when you say peace, what kind of peace are you talking about? Is this a peace that transcends understanding where you realize you're doing a difficult thing to honor God, honor God's word? It doesn't make sense. And yet there is a kind of peace that you just, you can't even explain. Uh, and that would be the kind of peace where I would say, if that is present, then yes, 100%, let that guide, let the peace of God that transcends understanding guide your decisions. At the same time, if it's anything short of that, I would personally say, uh, maybe don't use this as the litmus test of whether this is the right way to go or not. Because often God's word seems to call us into suffering for a greater wholeness. That's good. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah. That's kind of how we see peace of God and knowing his will kind of marry together. Awesome. Yay. So is that it? Are we done? I think that is. Okay. Let's outro out of this bad boy. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you for joining us here on the post. If you haven't already, we'd encourage you to click follow, subscribe, or like on your podcasting app to make sure you get notified when we release an episode. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear those. Just connect with us via email at info at redemptionmi.org or you can send us a message on social media at RedemptionMI on Facebook, Redemption Church MI on Instagram. Have a great day, everyone.